Thanks to DevOps Shorts, the show to listen to when your DevOps hurts. And even when you're going strong, it's short and sweet, so come along. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of DevOps Shorts, the show where we invite wonderful human beings to have a lightning-fast conversation about devs, ops, and other mythical creatures. Uh, the show where each episode only lasts 15 minutes and we only ask three questions, so it's short and sweet. Why? Well, because of this one thing we know is that great delivery comes in small batches. And today I'm totally excited to have Jay Paul Reed as my guest. So Paul is an internationally acclaimed speaker on topics of DevOps and resilience engineering. And he's also one of the co-organizers of Redeploy, the leading resilience engineering conference of our industry. And today, Paul is a senior uh, applied resilience engineer at Netflix. Did I get this right? Yep, you got it. Yep. Great. So, Paul, how are you? Happy to have you. I'm doing okay. Yeah, happy to be here. I'm doing okay. We're trying to, you know, hang in there with, you know, the being working from home uh, kind of all the time. I think we're all dealing with that. So, um, yeah, just trying to hang in there and deal with the pandemic and keep things moving. Keep the keep the deploys going. Yeah, yeah. That's what resilience is all about, right? So without further ado, let's dive straight into our questions. And the first question is about love. So I have this naive assumption that folks who come to my show love what they do. Uh, I may be right, I may be wrong. You tell me what the right thing is. So the question is, you've been in IT for a very long time. What do you love about it? Why do you love information technology? And go. All right, well, so, um, it's funny when, when you introduced me or, or we were talking about the proper introduction, you'd mentioned that I used to do a lot of release engineering uh, and then I kind of moved to resilience engineering. And I think one of the things that I used to describe uh, release engineering about sort of the delivery stuff is the analogy that I used to use was um, I always felt the build and release engineers were kind of like uh, air traffic controllers sitting in a tower. So they got a different perspective, I think on the system. You know, if you think of, of you know, developers as pilots and, and then the planes as, you know, the features taking off and landing and all that kind of thing. Uh, maybe our users or passengers, I don't know. Um, but I always really enjoyed that different perspective. And that kind of actually led me to start paying more attention to um, the people in the system and the work that they do and, and um, how we go about our daily work and do it in, um, you know, ways, you know, do it successfully, keep, keep our websites and services running uh, in the face of things like, um, you know, the cloud, you know, Amazon having outages or, you know, having, having uh, you know, uh, indigestion and instances going down and just the instability that we all deal with, right? So um, for me, it was really, uh, it, it, you know, it started very narrowly in sort of the delivery of software. But as I think the industry and, you know, this goes into exactly what kind of you were bringing up about DevOps, um, as we started to realize that the delivery of the software is actually where the value is realized, there's lots of people involved in doing that. And uh, I, you know, kind of shifted my perspective from uh, the delivery of bits to who's delivering the bits and how we go about that. And, um, you know, the hard work that they do that's often 
unsung to keep the website up. Okay. So that's what I love about it. So yeah, it's it's all about humans in the system. Yeah. It's funny we say it's turtles all the way down, but like it's humans all the way down. So the, did, did you love it before you realized it's, it's about humans? <laughs> was there you a know, love before humans? It was, but it was, I mean, you know, you, we, you go and, uh, you know, um, learn how to code and do all of that. And it becomes, you know, more, uh, it, you know, it started, I think, like most technical folk with the technology there's a great photo of me floating around somewhere and i think i'm like in second now i'm younger than that i'm maybe eight or nine and there's a teacher sitting next to me and i'm looking at an apple IIe and the look on my face is just amazement right <laughs> um and so i i was amazed i i got you know and, and i was lucky in that regard that i fell in love with it you know i knew when i was eight or nine what i wanted to do and you know i had friends in college that didn't weren't sure what they wanted to be when they grew up and i was like ah, computers all day long i'm there i'm done uh so i actually feel lucky in that regard but you know that's a an expression of having fallen in love with that with that uh with you know just the technology and the industry and let's go straight to the next question all right and the next question is uh, about uh, devops you see this show is called devops shorts for something so uh in the devops handbook the authors talk about their devops aha moment that moment when they realize that the way that things work in IT sucks, but there's a better way, right? And that way is DevOps. So when did that realization come to you? When did you realize that there's something there? So um, early in sort of my DevOps journey, and, and I, I, I came to the, the party pretty early on. Um, I, I was getting involved with folks talking about DevOps in like 2013, 2014. And, um, I was kind of a cynic at the beginning of it because I thought to myself, how is DevOps any different than just release engineering for the web? Um, and I remember I had a podcast with a bunch of co-hosts back in the day called The Ship Show, where we talked about, what was the slogan? Devo DevOps release management and everything between or something like that. <laughs> um, and you can, still, the, you can still find the old podcasts i probably should take them down they probably have aged um hopefully not too poorly anyway though i remember one of our first or second episodes was with damon edwards um and uh uh he i, I posed that question to him and said this just seems like release engineering like I, I don't get why you're all so excited about it just it seems like you started caring about release engineering for me the aha moment was that conversation actually where he actually kind of got me onto thinking yeah, it's more than that. Um, and then there were also folks, um, one of the standout, the folks that stands out in my mind is Nathan Harvey, Matt Stratton, some of those big sort of DevOps luminaries that uh, were all about hug ops and all about the, you know, the cultural part and the people part of it. And I, I don't know that I ever, you know, I, I think I will pretty much always believe that, that DevOps is largely just about caring about release engineering. Um, but that said, the, the, the aha moment was, uh, I was trying to argue that we should care about that in my career before DevOps came along. And I think the reason DevOps was so compelling is because there was actually a people or cultural aspect to it. There was an aspect that was like, you should care about this because you're actually treating these people like garbage and that sucks. We shouldn't do that. That subtle shift in that it's about the people and it's about making lives better within these, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Um, technical ecosystems 
um, socio-technical ecosystems. That was the aha moment for me. Um, I, I, you know, um, and the, oh yeah, the other part that I'll point out is that um, part of that, that sort of aha moment was kind of finding the people that I, you know, we say find your people or find your tribe, find the people that you're aligned with. Um, and I found out that a lot of operations folks were doing release engineering, but they had done it from, they figured it out from scratch. Like that wasn't their original job. Their original job was, was you know, rack and stack and how to run data centers and really important stuff, but it wasn't about up. release engineering. Exactly, exactly. And so what was funny is I had, a, I had operations experience, but it was from the flip side. I was the release engineer and I kept the build farm up, which is a very much smaller scope set of machines. So there was that sort of aha moment that, that these are folks that I wanted to be around because I had just enough ops experience and a ton of release engineering experience. And they had a ton of ops experience and, and just enough you know, release engineering experience. And we were able to overlap and have then really good conversations. So uh, yeah, the, the aha moment was the people part, understanding that that was part of it. And then actually the people, you know, the, the people that I actually you know, still have, um, you know, and hopefully lifelong, but still have relationships with, you know, Nate, uh, Matt Stratton and I talk, Maddie Stratton and I talk all the time, Nathan Harvey, when he's in town and when, when the pandemic's over, um, you know, we've gotten breakfast and caught up. And so a lot of those early time folks became, you know, lifelong friends, which is, you know, I think that's a common story in, in DevOps, you know, tales. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. I, I feel like I should keep talking because I kind of want to hear the gong. I want to hear what it sounds like. Okay, okay, okay. So talk for five more seconds and... Oh, okay. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, who else did I mention? Uh, Damon Everts. There we go. All right. There's <laughs> the gong. Not, the gong. Not very yeah. impressive. But I, re I replaced them in the, in the recorded version, you know, with something. You need to get, you need to get like an actual gong that, <laughs> like a, behind you and then you can just like hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continuous improvement. Yeah. The next release. So, okay, let's go straight to the next question. So we have more fun in the end. And the next question is my favorite one. I like to call myself a software delivery futurist, whatever that might mean. And the question is about the future. This is your chance to look into the future and tell us what you see, what the future holds for DevOps, for resilience engineering, for our industry as a whole, for, for humankind. So yep. that's a that's a weighty question given the pandemic. So a couple of things. Um, I saw a really funny meme uh, that was talking about like, you know, is resilience engineering kind of the new thing and and people that were kind of forward looking in the DevOps community, like looking at resilience engineering now. I don't see them as either or I see them actually as complementary. So so, uh, uh, you know, that that um, that framing may be, you know, um, interesting. Uh, but uh, one of the things I have long wondered, um, and so I, I, the question for me is like, um, DevOps, I think, is in this weird space as like, are we on the road to agile, right? Are we on to the on the road to the 10,000 person, you know, agile comp that, you know, is big vendors and trying to sell, you know, safe scaled agile, right? And, and, it just is a you know sadness, right? And I've been to those comp, but that I've been to that conference, by the way. And what's interesting to me about that is I actually had a lot of friends there, and so it was always it was always a chance to meet, like like talk with my friends again. But in terms of the conference, a lot of the topics were kind of like yeah, you know, trying to sell something 
uh, to folks that we sort of have already figured out. The question, so, so I, I wonder, maybe worry that DevOps is on that path. One of the questions I often had is uh, DevOps um, takes a lot of self introspection from an organizational perspective. I have long wondered that if there were a huge economic downturn, uh, whether DevOps would be impacted by that. Would organizations constrict and be like, oh, we can't change anything right now. Uh, we can't do improvement right now because we just got to keep the lights on and, and you know, we might need to let some of the staff go so we can't you know, do new things around you know, getting devs to talk to ops, right? Just we know it's the devil we know, so let's stay with that one. And I think one of the interesting things into 2021, 20, 2022 is we're going to see if, uh, and I've had people argue with me, by the way, some people say, hey, DevOps is actually about being more efficient, more automation, and those sorts of things. So it would make sense that in an economic downturn, you'd actually want to automate more. Um, and that's a valid argument. I think the pandemic is going to give us some insight onto did or organizations backslide in their DevOps transformation or DevOps implementation or DevOps practices, or did they lean into that? And I and then I think you'll see some organizations that did, some organizations that didn't, and I think then there'll be a conversation about that. That's an interesting part where resilience engineering comes in, right? If you have the adaptive capacity to continue to adapt to things like a global pandemic, I think you can sustain things like DevOps culture and transformation and that type of work that you may have laid the groundwork for. So um, that those are the big things that, you know, um, I, I will tell you this, in all of my futurizing and thinking about it, I think like most of us, that's been like, I don't think too much five to 10 years out in, in this particular topic anymore, because we're all really focused on what's 2021 going to look like. What's, you know, what what is what is the end of the pandemic if that's 20, late 2021, 2022, what is that going to look like, right? So I, so a lot of my thinking about it has been sort of constricted uh, by the pandemic. Um, and, and like, I think a lot of ours has about our lives, like what does our life look like in 2021? So that's, um, that's kind of the big thing I'm looking at. Um, and I think the last thing I'll say is we, I hope we don't lose that opportunity to go back. Like we, th this is, you know, unique in in a hundred years of history. You know, we've we've never had a pandemic like this where there was so much technology. I hope that we are able to go back and look at some of these questions um, and and then apply that forward looking to the next big situation that we may face uh, as a global economy and, and as a global set of technologists. Um, and also, there's a gong. I know I, a lot of good thinking. Okay. So there's one blitz question I have. If okay. the reliability engineer and the resilience engineer pick up a fight, who wins? Reliability and resilience engineer pick a fight? <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that one's easy, resilience engineer. And the reason for that is that uh, those words have very specific meaning in academia. Um, resilience is something that you do. It's not something that you have. So it's something that people in the system do. It's adaptive capacity. It's 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 how systems uh, bend instead of break, right? So it's an active process. Reliability is something that you can des you design into a system, and you will do modeling to like make sure that the system is reliable. But a reliability engineer, um, you know, it, it, if you look at the practice of reliability, is going to be looking at what can we build in, how can we make the structure strong, as opposed to how can I uh, act differently during in the moment, right? Um, 
That said, I want to be very clear. I want to say one last thing that's important. Those words get conflated all, all the time. So if you're a reliability engineer, I'm not, I'm not saying you're doing a bad job or you're, what you're doing isn't important, uh, but I am saying the resilience engineer would kick you up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Actually, yeah, you've totally crossed all the lines. We're <laughs> 15 minutes, but that was important. I agree. That's why I didn't stop you. Okay, cool. Well, it was great having you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it was great being here. Thank you. See ya. Short and sweet. Thank you for listening and watch out for new episodes of DevOps Shorts.